Opinions are cheap with Cameron and with Chad. I wonder which one is which. We'll find I, I, out tonight. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna bamboozle you and we're gonna uh other words that are like bamboozle I Flummox. Flummox, that one. You know what show I really like? I I love Beyond Belief. I don't know that show. Um it was like a it was one of those shows where they would tell like ghost stories with reenactments. But they were very, very short. And the gimmick was half the stories were based on true events and half the stories were not. Oh. So like there'd be like a presentation. Um, like the, there'd be like a little, uh, there's like a narration segment where Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek would walk on set. Um, and he'd say like, there, <laughs> there'd be a, a fire alarm on the wall and he'd walk on set and he's like, like, do you ever check your fire alarm to see if the batteries have expired? And he pushes the test button and it doesn't work. Um, and it's like, we rely on these things, but they never work or whatever. And then it beeps after the fact. And it's like, or do they? Today's story is about <laughs> a fire. And it, it was always like, it's it's become like an internet joke recently to just take these weird uh, like host segments out of context from the ghost story and just watch them because it makes Jonathan Frakes look like he's insane. Nice. Um. But it was actually kind of a fun show because it'd be like, oh, here's a, a a fireman, and there was a little boy that uh, that wanted to be a fireman when he grew up, and he used to hang out there. And one time, the fire alarm didn't work, but the little boy saw the fire, and he told the fire department to go help. And it turned out the little boy died in the fire hours ago, and it was his ghost that told them to find the fire. It's like, okay, that's a good story. Oh, speaking of ghosts, uh, there's a. This rapper I know, well, kind of know. I met him at an Insane Clown Posse concert, um, but I follow him on Facebook, and he's been on tour with uh, his group, uh, going around the country doing smaller shows and having a good time. And they did a, they did a concert at a place that's supposedly haunted, and he took a picture, and he's like, "Hey, I guess this venue's haunted. I'm on the lookout for ghosts." And someone in the comments, this lady's like, "Oh, I'm a medium. If you look in this corner, you can see the ghost." And she like circled this thing of with like ms paint or whatever she's like see everybody look and i looked at the picture and it's like bitch that's a fan (laughs) and i thought that was really funny and uh now you do too i do (laughs) um okay here i just i sent you an example episode apparently you can find full episodes on youtube because whoever owns this does not like cling to the rights that tightly so it's very easy to find beyond belief what's the true explanation here was the handprint on the wall really a message from an innocent man or was it an illusion caused by some defect in workmanship found in the wall itself if so why did it reappear after the wall was plastered over what about the strange death of craig hoffman if it was a heart attack why did his neck show signs of strangulation Did he accidentally strangle himself as he was trying to gasp for air? Or was it some retribution from beyond? Is this story true? Or are the handprints of a writer all over it? Huh. It took nine minutes to get there. Does he do, like, one for every story then? There there must be, like, 
Okay, it's like vignettes or something. They're they're little, yeah, and they're very short. They're, like it's an eight minute short. Sure. Um, but I I really love that one that I grabbed at random because without the context of the story, there's so much going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's 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 a lot there. I, I was fairly enchanted though. Like I didn't interrupt him, right? I'm like, well, I want to know where this is going, Mister Ghost Handprint Man. Oh, uh, you know what? An episode of this might actually be a fun watch along. That could be something to think about. Um, because the part of the fun is guessing if it's a real story or not, since ultimately they're all made up. <laughs> I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> like I think there's one that I remember where there was a guy who um. He was kind of a womanizer, right? Okay. And and like he'd he'd always cheat on his girlfriend and whatever. And one day he met a girl and she was really nice and he didn't want to cheat on her. But then one time he did cheat on her and so she ran away and so he went to where she lives and it turned out that she lived at a graveyard because she died fifty years ago and it was a ghost. That's stupid. And I was like, Well, I'm gonna guess that one was written by a writer, specifically because it's like so loose. That it feels yeah. like they were out of ideas. I kind of yeah. like that as a short story idea that I could do for the challenges in my writer's group. Just <laughs> it's so terrible and they would be mad at me for ending it that way. And they'd be like, you're an asshole. And it's like, yeah, I did it. I made them bad. <laughs> I'm not gonna because it's not worth the time. But Okay, we should a do a story. Beyond Belief um, watch along <laughs> eventually. Okay. That'll, be, that'll actually be pretty fun. Um, it, it reminds me, it, does, yeah. it, it reminds me of like shows like charmed or Z, you know xena not because of like there's overlap but just like the the watching that and be like oh back when everything was 480p and they used this camera and like lots of zoom ins um yeah there's a distinct style yeah it's nostalgic even though i've never seen that show before but just 90s tv right um i want to send you one more thing real quick before we change subjects okay Someone took all the intros where he'll ask a question and slowed it down, and it just sounds like he's drunk. Ever gone mountain biking? What do you want to be when you grow up? Have you called a plumber to your home lately? How superstitious are you? How much money would it take to make you spend a night? <laughs> okay, it's kind of funny, but I feel like they could have done a better job of slowing it down and preserving the audio instead of it making it so crinkly. You know, I think there's other ones. One person did it, and it's perfect. And there's a bunch of copycats that oh sure that play the algorithm better. I love that bit. You um, know what you should do is uh, yeah, because you're working on kind of music stuff, right? You're learning uh, learning that program. Oh yeah, I'm trying. It's like you take this and put remix that into a song. You're basically like tagging the joke, right? Like, oh yeah, well I'm gonna make it a song because it's all that it's would already, actually like, be interesting, like. I want him to like walk. He, he walks on stage. Like, do you ever believe in love at first sight? Sort, sort. Yeah. How is that going? By the way, the music I, program. Oh, so I've barely touched it. What I've been doing, um, I've actually been looking for virtual instruments because it actually it has so many built in, but the quality is middling. Yeah. So it's not that I can't work with it, but it's like, well, I wonder if I can just find something that sounds good and use that as like the most iconic sound and then build around it with like the techno garble stuff after it and so i've been experimenting uh... a bit but i found this one where it's like a synthesizer that synthesizer 
that specifically recreates the Nintendo Game Boy sound card. Oh, nice. And playing with that was really neat. I don't necessarily have a use for it in a song, but it was super weird playing with this tool because it's like my whole young childhood was Nintendo Game Boy. So it's like, wait, each of these little sounds reminds me of a very specific thing. Like, oh, this is what they used for the Enterprise in the Star Trek game. And oh, this is what they used for the T-Rex in the Jurassic Park game. And oh, this is a Tetris block. Um, it was just that was an interesting little toy to play with. I'll have to um, I can take a peek to see if there's any specific things you're looking for that I might know about. I know with FL Studio, it's another one. It came with tons of stuff. Thankfully, the quality was, I think, fairly good for most of it. Which I mean, it's an expensive program. It kind of better be. But like. There's certain things, you know, certain orchestral stuff or, or like the guitar FL Studio comes with is dog shit. It's so bad. Uh, it, it's an interesting, like, you can use it as a synth, like, especially if you run it through a vocoder, like, you can get some really neat stuff out of it. So it's got a use, but like, hey, it comes with a guitar. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It comes with this weird noisy thing that they, is trying really hard to pretend to be a guitar and, and not doing a good job. Yeah. So I found a really good guitar. Uh, but I can't quite get it to work with the software correctly. And that's the other um, annoying thing with some of the virtual instruments. Yeah. Is I remember finding like a really good uh, synth pack with like a lot of orchestral stuff, like flutes. And I found out like if I had two of them running, they wouldn't work. So I couldn't use two instruments from the same pack. Like I had to pick one and then not use it or not use the other one. Um, yeah. Eventually, but it's also just, uh, like it's it's weird because what I specifically want to do is like EDM. Oh, sure. So I don't necessarily need good quality sounds. I'm just kind of experimenting with what my options are even. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that joke one I made on VR chat about like server lag where I just sampled my own voice? Yeah. And it is it was literally done for laughs. It doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I actually <laughs> I did that for strangers. I pranked a whole group. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was curious how they would react because like you and Joe, you get my sense of humor, mm-hmm. but these guys that I literally just met and we've been talking for 10 minutes, it's like, well, they don't get me. So I wonder how this joke will work or not. And what was really funny was as soon as they realized what the joke was, they all laughed, but the song goes on for a little bit and a couple of them started dancing. And when it stopped, they're like, oh, that, no, I was actually kind of jamming to that. And it's like, they kind of appreciated having something go on. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I kind of, I should make some, uh, just some interesting beats with random samples thrown in. I also, so, I did rip the, uh, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, Don Beveridge, motivational speaker speech. Oh yeah? Yeah, I, I got a bunch of um, little sound bites uh, pulled out of that and imported, and I rigged them to my keyboard. Um, so it's like, you got to push the whopper button, 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 button. I was able nice. to do that. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, it, this feels like a very powerful tool. It's not the top of the line or anything. But it's like, oh, it's just doing what I wish I could do for years. Mm-hmm. I would say if you're trying to do, I don't know a whole lot about EDM uh, as far as like the noises and stuff. I've actually been listening to Elenium a lot lately. Uh, and he is in that genre. I don't know how... He's making some of his synths, especially the uh, more abrasive ones. But man, if you figure that out, let me know. One thing I've found can be really useful for something like this. So it's like if you can find a good vocoder, uh, you can run anything through those and get neat results. 
I, I, I've yeah. Once I found that out, I use that a lot. And then also, if you get even a mediocre guitar amp, like a, a virtual one, you can put a you put those on like drums or something, and you can get really interesting results out of that. Um, I've definitely really gotten in the habit. I, I put a little bit of guitar distortion on my snare drum now, just like I crank it, and then I crank it down to like ten percent. So it's there's just a smidge there but it adds a really nice like fuzzy bite every time the snare gets hit and so you know your more electronic stuff you're working with right like the more you can really get away with just adding more and more and more weird stuff until you get something kind of cool that no one maybe has thought to do oh you know what else there's a there's a command i haven't played with yet but there's a button you can push that will force everything to a specific tempo Oh, interesting. And I'm curious how well it works because there's one soundbite I have where Don Beveridge is like, uh, like the most critical part of your business is the customers. And he, he's so like punched and rhythmic about it that it's like, I kind of want to tweak that and have that set the tempo for the rest of the song, even though that won't be the loop playing. Sure. But I want to throw that in the middle at some point. Is it you know, that like kind a of a thing. button. I don't remember what it's called. So here, here's the other thing. With Mixcraft, I was playing with it on the free trial. Um, and I haven't actually sat down and bought it yet. So, like, I haven't touched it in a week or two. Sure. So I've already forgot half the stuff I learned. So it's like, okay, I gotta I gotta decide when I make time to actually learn it. I'll sit down, I will, I'll buy it, and pick up where I left off. But I'm still kind of poking around and brainstorming a bit. I, I think I'm getting to the point where I need to just sit down and start playing with it. Like, I've done enough uh, research and prep work a bit. Sure. That's um, also, I, again, I'm not aspiring to make an album of listenable music. Right. Uh, I, I told you before we went to a My Little Pony convention once, right? Uh, I think I think you have, but I Doesn't matter. don't we did. remember. So, okay. Um, one of the guests that I remember listening to, like he had a panel and he was a guy that made, uh, remixes on YouTube. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he was the guy, he was maybe the first one to have a really popular remix of the 20% cooler, um, motif. Sure. And that, I think that's the one that got him extra popular. And it was very interesting hearing him talk because I thought he was a music guy. But turned out he just kind of goofs around and plays with stuff. And because that one got popular, he's been trying to use that as a, like, oh, okay, why do people like this one? And he's been trying to recreate, um, you know, like, and within the context of this is back whenever that episode came out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like he used that as a blueprint for his other songs where it's like, oh, people really like parts of this. Uh, what did I do different? What did, you know, you'd experimented off of that, but it's like he still doesn't. Um, he wasn't way into music theory or anything, but sure. he had an ear for what sounded good. And now that his audience was bigger, he was getting better feedback and it led to other things and other stuff. And, and then he branched out of My Little Pony and was doing like video game remixes and stuff and found an audience there too. And it was uh, it was very interesting hearing him talk because he's just playing with software like this. And so I, I was just reminded of him you know, maybe a couple weeks ago where it's like, well, wait a minute. Why don't I just play with it? Because again, that one joke song I did (laughs) seemed entertaining enough where it's like, okay, maybe I'm onto something. Yeah. That's pretty much the best way you're going to get. I think to learn the program and and learn any of the music. I don't know a lot of music theory, but I know, I I mean, I know almost none, but I, I understand like, Oh, 
you know, this is a chord, this, these two notes sound good together. And it's not because I took a class, it's because I've done a lot of composing and you just kind of like find the shortcuts of, of how many steps up to go uh, if you want a certain feeling or sound or whatever. And I'm not, you know, trying to sell an album. Like, it's not like there's a bar of quality I have to reach. Right, but I have a feeling once you get started, there is going to be a certain level of, like, is it, you don't want it to be funny because it sucks. You want it to be funny because it's funny. Yeah. That's kind of the interesting thing um, with the MLP fandom, right? Like, when that first was getting huge and, like, Equestria Daily just started, like, there wasn't as much musicians in it, there wasn't. You know, any fanfic would kind of get thrown on there. Uh, it's like, hey, you tried. We're gonna we're gonna spread the word of everything, and then it quickly became like, okay, you actually have to like produce this pretty well, or we're not gonna share it as far as the songs go. Or uh, the fanfic's gotta have some level of like grammar control and like cohesive plot structure, or we're not gonna share it. Like, and then the art also more and more. It's like, oh, we have a lot of really good artists. Why are we sharing the shitty art? And we keep sharing the really good art, and it was kind of crazy the the quality control that wound up happening in the fandom as far as like what got popular what got shared around um because i remember back then i had a fairly extensive like list of songs i liked from the fandom that i thought were really good yeah and i'd listen to them and it's like man how come like the volume difference is so weird or like some of these just kind of you could tell i didn't have the words for it but i could tell like oh this one's mixed not as well as this one or this one's mastered not as well as this one and it's funny because it's still like neat that they did it like all of, like there's like a symphonic metal song about luna right like it that was it was a that was a wild west yeah um but there was like a sincerity that was very constant and i think that helped even the more amateur projects there's just this like supportive atmosphere where it's like oh no one's gonna harass me for not understanding some like advanced topic because I'm just having fun and everyone understands that. Yeah. Um, and that's like a vibe that's missing from most places on the internet right now. Yeah. I kind of miss the, the, just the, the enjoying the weird stuff, the weird creative projects, the idea of like, Oh, I spent 20 hours working on a song about Luna. Cause I would never think to do that, but I'm glad someone did. Cause it was a decent song. Like I remember I, ripped it and listened to it on my ipod at work every once in a while right along with all the other songs in the playlist now i'm gonna spend 20 hours on a don beverage song so um now on the topic of like edm and stuff uh there is one guy that does very good work it's not just noise like you can actually appreciate the work that goes into it are you familiar with pogo uh no um, he does a lot of uh, remixes where he'll sample like Disney cartoons, um, largely. He did this one Star Trek one I just sent you, but it's kind of all the same thing. Where there's like a there's a fun melody tied to the samples he pulls. I like I like the voice he's doing a lot. That's Patrick Stewart. Oh, so he okay. Oh, he's he's lip singing it really well then. It, yeah, it sounds fake. Like it sounds like him doing the character. Yeah, I think that's partially part of his mixing process. Oh, um, but it works. <laughs> 
Um, but I, yeah, I really he's like got his work. Something on there to make yeah. it. Uh, that's cool. Uh, he he does a lot of interesting ones. You could probably poke around and find ones that you like or don't like. But I'm pretty sure there's like at least one in there that you'd listen to regularly. You know. Sure. It kind of just depends on what your tastes are, but it's like it's it's interesting that there is a a skill to it. It's not just random beeps and noises in tempo. But if you look around on YouTube long enough, you will find random beeps and boops, and it still works okay. So. Yeah, and I'm guessing like for people who are really into EDM, like those are subgenres, and so they're like, that's not real EDM. That's like, oh yeah, core I, EDM or whatever, right? I, I think I think there's a uh, there's stuff that you want to have on in the background while you're taking ecstasy, and then there's stuff that you want to listen to when you want to feel something. Yeah, and then there's stuff you want to listen to when you work out or go for a run. Uh, oh yeah, you got those really driving drums and, and tempos, right? I feel like. I like some of the EDM I've listened to. I really like Alinium as an artist and like the major collaborations he does with so many different people. I don't know if I have it in me to like do a deep dive in another like crazy offshoot genre. Like I listen to so much metal and it's like if I if I obsessively like I only have so many hours in the day. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I know exactly what you mean. But I, I do I do like what I usually hear of it. I think there's there's a lot of really good good music in in it um do you want to swap topics a little bit sure i want to ask for your opinion of the the trailer music for the new final fantasy expansion Ooh, i haven't done final fantasy music in a little while um yeah so i think the last time the topic actually came up is when i made you listen to a playlist of like my favorite tracks that was like my favorite episode we've done by the way Oh, was it really? Yeah, that I I had so much fun with that episode. I think that episode is a gem. Well, then see now I'm curious though, uh, because you've you have a little more of an ear for like what the standard of the game is, and like narratively what the tone is. So I'm curious what you take from this trailer, especially since you haven't played the game and you don't know anything about it besides sure. the music. A Serb. Huh. My immediate thought is this sounds like it could be a butt rock song on a local rock station. Oh yeah, totally. I like the piano in the background. Yeah, it's very subtle, but it's complimentary. I feel, yeah, it's like, it's like really behind everything, but it pokes through just the right mob. Super not listening to the lyrics. The final days were upon us. The fabric of the star had begun to fray. It's yeah, this sounds like a really weird, like, soft rock song. Like, it's the ballad on an album, and the people who hate ballads are like, Oh, I hate it when their softest songs always on the radio. Yes. doesn't fit with what's going on like this lady just like killed a dragon with magic and then got attacked and it's like it's still doing the butt rock yeah somber thing oh there it goes 
it still doesn't fit though. Even like the song, yeah, it got up tempo. The guitars kicked in a little harder. I just I don't associate with this kind of music with what's going on the screen. Yeah, there's a there's a slight disconnect. Um, but I kind of feel like it might be intentional on a meta level, but not on the presentation level, which is a problem. Yeah. Also, this trailer is gorgeous. Like visuals, monsters, the fighting. Like this is doing a really good job selling this game because it looks fucking cool. But I know it's an MMO, so it's not. Uh, I don't know. It. I think Final Fantasy XIV is becoming my favorite game of all time. Oh, awesome! It's not. It's the number three rank right now. But the way it comes together and it's so consistent. It's very interesting. It's weird because this song's very proggy too. Like the fact that it's six goddamn minutes long uh, is really unheard of for something you'd hear on the radio unless it's Metallica. And so the, it's kind of reminding me of like the Raven Age a bit, but maybe a little less interesting. But the stage is definitely a weird decision. But we not It's very different. I don't know why they picked something with like vocals in it when like these people are talking in this trailer. It's just like, who do I pay attention to? It's distracting. Yeah, a little bit. Like I don't even know what any of the words are because I just assume I won't hear them. Yeah. Final Fantasy XIV episode we did, part of the reason that gets my favorite is just like hearing your stories about the songs and like what you associate with them was just super fun to listen to. Yeah, and so for me personally, when I'm looking at this, um, what makes me excited about the music is that the music is always presented in a trailer, but it acts as a precursor to the narrative in the game and the final boss music. Oh, interesting. So I'm listening to this... And I'm the the sound that I'm hearing traditionally is a reflection of a shadow of things to come. Okay. And so part of it is I'm listening <laughs> and comparing to patterns in the past to try to you know scribe out the future. Just because I understand what they're trying to say. It, it, it's one of the few benefits of having the same composer for the entire project. Like, since the 2.0 relaunch, it's it's been soaking. That and, like, his, and his he cares. range for what he can do yeah. is crazy. Like, I, I, dude's really talented at composing. He's insanely talented. I don't dislike the song, I just don't think it fits. I'm actually kind of surprised. I feel like it's selling its length pretty well. Like, it, it's changing up a lot. It's doing the prog rock thing. Mm. I just, I don't associate prog rock with Final Fantasy. I'm curious, though, what, uh, it's your number three game. What are your number ones and number twos? Oh, Majora's Mask and Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. Oh, nice. Which... I, honestly, I could do a whole episode rambling about those two separately. Sure. I haven't played either of them. Do you have, like, a top game? 
uh, Conquer Smash Birthday. You know what? That's actually a good pick. It's is it weird? Like, I think about this once in a while. Like, I have like a top five list for bands and a top five list for for video games. Um, I do not have one for movies, and it. Like, I don't know, like, having this mental ranking, right? Like, oh, Winter Sun put out a new album. Maybe they are in my top band now. Like, I gotta, like, shuffle it around because of the, you know, of, of whatever, right? And I, like, put thought into it, and I feel like it's not thought that's well spent, but it is thought that is spent. I think that's fair. I Honestly, I don't know that I have a top movie list. Um, Even with the game thing, I hate uh categorizing and listing things sometimes because I get different things from them. Sure. Um again, like let's talk about Majora's Mask and Metal Gear Rising and uh Final Fantasy. I can't compare any of those. They're all very Ma- different. Ma- Majora's Mask and Final Fantasy maybe have a little bit of overlap with the the fantasy theming and the 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 negativity. I <laughs> I love I love sad drama, sorrow, that kind of stuff. Um but yeah, it's like I can't compare them, so I I kind of hate saying Majora's Mask my favorite game, but it's also like one of those things I trained myself to do because people will ask, "Oh, you're a gamer, huh? What's your favorite?" And it's like, "All right, I yeah. just want to get through this conversation, so I'll give an answer." Um, it's funny because oh, when no, it comes first. to mine, like when it comes to my favorite games or whatever, like they're all fairly old and ones I just like. Aliens vs Predator Two is my is my second. I haven't played that game in years. The multiplayer is gone because all the servers are down. Like you, you literally cannot get that experience anymore that I had when I was in high school. But at the time, it would like made a huge impression on me. It was my first real arena shooter getting into online. Obviously, I love the the properties, and so I don't know. There's just something where it's like, yeah, it's Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, then it's Aliens vs Predator Two. It has to be, and then after that, it's probably like Earth Defense Force 2025. That's a that's a fun game though. I mean, uh. I want to put Deep Rock Galactic on there because there's it's like I haven't even played it that much, but I've pulled some really great experiences out of it where it's mm-hmm. like you just you can't replicate this anywhere else. Um, I want to put Space Station 13 and VR chat on there because it's sure. like these experiences that you can't replicate and they're experiences worth remembering and worth telling others about. But I also just, I don't put them on the list. Because <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. oh, you're inviting too much words. I like, um, um, Orcs Must Die 2 is another one I hold in, like, super high regard. And a lot of these, it, it really comes down to, like, the multiplayer aspect. Me and Joe played through Orcs Must Die 2, and then we went through all the endless stuff and tried to get five skulls on it. And, like, that was an ordeal, but we did it. And, like, the the tension and just, like, for, for that game loop in that game is so fucking fun. Like... Same with Earth Defense Force. You know, I've played through that game so many times with my brother. We've played through all with all the characters, different levels, uh, difficulty levels, unlocked all the weapons, stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's just so fun. Like, there are so many awesome things about Earth Defense Force 2025, but it's also a jank as fuck game. As Did far you hear as, about like, the new one coming and, out? Yeah, I'm really excited. I want more. I, I love that property so much. Um, the voxel one. Oh, yeah, it's different. Um, it's, it's weird because I think I heard pretty much like positive things, but I saw a screenshot and it's like, that's not, I don't want that. I don't know if I know this. <sighs> oh, is it, how do you spell voxel? V-O-X-E-L. 
Wait. Is it this, like, weird Lego brick-looking thing? Yeah, that's what voxels... It, that's not literally what voxels are, but when you say voxel, that's the imagery that they're trying to evoke. I don't know if... It's funny, because it technically is probably visually more cohesive and better looking than the actual games which so the the benefit of do you, do you know what voxels are no so voxels are kind of like um you know how in minecraft like all the bricks are laid out on a grid yeah so that's kind of what voxels are is that it's like a 3d space grid um so the benefit of doing that is you get stuff like fully destructible environments because they're all just lego bricks that are going to fall over Oh, so uh, my understanding is like the the destructibility of the environment will change in this game, but it's also like very much like made to look more silly and aimed at kids. So I'm like torn on that. Yeah, like it sucks because the latest EDF game released last one I played like some of the monsters like these big frog things like if you shot them with a sniper rifle. You could blow their limbs off, and they would just bleed all over, like, buildings. Like, they would yeah. cover them in purple blood. And so then to go from that to, like, their cubes, it's like, oh. So I'm not I'm not necessarily sold, but when that's out in the hands of everybody, it's like, hey, you know what? I'll think about it. I'm really curious, like, if the gameplay loop is going to be the same. I think it, it will be. it looks like it. Yeah. And I think there's, like, familiar enemies. Like, I'm seeing screenshots of the spider webs draped over buildings and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it looks like EDF, I, I, whatever. Um, I hope, like, tonally yeah. the story is the same. Because, like, I, I don't know the games what to are expect. dumb, but this is weird. So, Shit, this is a year old, this trailer. Oh, wow, where really? The fuck, it, where the fuck am I? Is this even out? Is this out? I don't know. I only heard about it two weeks ago. I wonder well, if it got delayed for COVID. The- Oh, maybe. Um, okay, we were talking about Soken. Uh, I told you that the the big like fan fest was a couple weeks ago. Ah, uh, like their maybe. version of BlizzCon. Okay. And like this is where they unveiled the trailer, and they talked about the new class, and and of course, like the director came dressed like the new class, like hardcore cosplay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Uh. I'll find that later. Um, but one of the things that <laughs> that's tradition is um, they'll have live music. And Soken always brings his automaton. And will do a live automaton performance of one of the songs. And what's great with this year was that he was accompanied by this pianist that I don't know if she was prepared for that. Because she has this priceless face of like, am I supposed to take this serious or not? I like how this guy's like, oh my god, she looks like she's staring at a ghost. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) I feel so bad for her, but also like, I don't know, man. It's funny, this is, oh god. She looks like the most disappointed parent ever. It's like, you want to major in English? Are you sure? (laughs) And he's such a bad singer, too. I know. It's great. <laughs> he's up um, there like, he, I'm killing a cat. And she's just like, why? Yeah, he, he literally, he is literally just having fun because he can. And it shows. And I love it. Um, He also announced that he, he was, he had cancer last year and it's in remission now. Oh. And apparently, 
he is such a workaholic. Um, his time in the hospital, he still insisted on working because he didn't want oh to God. miss any of the patches that were coming out. Sure. And one of the songs he composed entirely while he was stuck in the hospital. And it's really, um, it, it just hits different now. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, some of that bleeds through. And uh, Yoshi talked about how hard it was. Uh, like they, they had to, you know, Zoom call in to talk about stuff, and like you know, his hair's falling out and stuff, and he's still taking the game seriously. And he, he just he didn't want to rest. Like he wanted to have something to work on, so he's looking forward to the new expansion coming, and he's looking forward to the the fans hearing all the music he's working on. So really focused on that. And so he he didn't want to talk about the cancer until it was like kind of over. Sure. Um, now it's in remission, uh, but he announced that like live on stage with Yoshi, and it's just like it's just this very real community moment, <laughs> you know. Where like I I I hate like just complaining about Blizzard, but it's just it's not a company anymore. It's like just a corporation. Yeah. It 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 doesn't have human elements anymore. And then I'm watching Fan Fest, and it's like the they had an online cosplay showcase, and. Yeah. Everyone's just dressing up and doing photo shoots and sending in the content and stuff, and they're they're going through it, and it's like all these great costumes, like oh man, and just oh yeah, the the director when he walked out on stage to announce the new class, um here's here's his outfit he wore. Oh goddamn! <laughs> he does this every time. <laughs> okay, for people listening, he looks like a Bloodborne character, but like a really convincing, authentic one. Like, he's got this fucking awesome fantasy scythe draped over his shoulder like he's about to fuck up with just all the demons or something. He's just got, like, a swagger to him. Got a kind of a cowboy hat on a bit. He's got, like, these fake daggers attached to like, hanging from his hip. Like, dude looks like a Reaper cowboy. It is a really, really good costume. It's like these people working on the game are only fans. They care, you know? <laughs> It's not just a business and we're here to do it. It's like, no, they understand what players want out of the game. And that comes through in a very sincere way. Yeah. Which I also find interesting. costumes are on point, man. Yeah, it's just... What's weird, too, is like there's this uh, language barrier where I don't think Soken or Yoshi are great with English. They always have translators, you know? So it's, it's not like they... It's not like they sit in a focus group or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's yeah. like they just they take the game part serious and they understand what they're doing. It's like, oh man. Um So back so, to EDF real quick, because I actually yeah. found a, a decent length uh gameplay vid and I just kind of scrubbed through. The gameplay here actually looks really like EDF. Um one of the things that's pretty cool is you can swap between the different classes as you play, so you're not just picking one per level, like this this player's got two unlocks, so they're going between the wing diver and the soldier, depending on like how many bugs are on screen and if they need to fly away or not. And that's that's a neat gameplay element to this that I haven't seen in the other games. I'm curious how that'll work uh, if there's co-op, because if the game doesn't have co-op, I don't want to play it. But if there's couch co-op, like does that oh. pick two? Because that would be pretty neat. I mean, yeah, if this doesn't have co-op, that's not. Don't even play the game. Don't bother with yeah. it. So seeing this in motion, I I mean it is cutesy, um, but I'm not it's like cutesy, but I'm not super won over. I don't know, like 
I don't I don't totally like it, but also it, I was worried that it was going to be like maybe too easy or something like because it's so kid friendly looking. But those ants were kind of fucking them up. Yeah, it's still the game. Um, I would like to see them just randomly blow up a building. Just I want to see what it looks like. They, God, they look like Lego characters. It's so weird. Yeah, I, and I don't like the way they walk. Like they look too oh. much like toys. You skip to eight fifty. I can see some. I can see some split screen. Okay, so that's there. Um, but will there be online? And everybody, wow! I wonder how many classes there are because each person has four to pick from, and they all look different. Oh, and they're separate. Yeah, you're right. Now that's kind of fun. Like if you have your own specialized thing that you like, you can you can bring it. You know. I wonder. I'm really curious how like they're gonna handle weapon pickups and stuff, or maybe you get different classes instead of the weapons. Because that, honestly, giving, like, that many options to this game would only be better. Because there's levels, you never know what you're going to get in a level. So you pick the, your best guess, and then shit shows up, and you're like, oh, I don't have weapons to fill, kill those guys. I have to, like, either die or go out and come back. And so having enough, being able to, like, plan for basically any encounter and then fine-tune from there, I think, is a major gameplay upgrade, if that's, if I'm reading this right. I'm kind of excited for this. Like, I'm not a fan of the art style, but the gameplay certainly looks good. And I think always gameplay trumps the rest of a game. Like, it should feel fun to play. Yeah. Um. Now, see, there's a satisfying moment. I just saw, like, a huge explosion and five ants went flying through the air. And it's like, I I do... I get it. Um. I can picture, like, Richard's kids spending all their time on this but i can't picture richard playing it hmm that's my review i'm i'm gonna i'm curious how how this is gonna when it eventually comes out because i'm guessing it's not yeah i don't think it's out yet but i i I think um i think this is on giant bomb so they probably have review copies now so it's got to be around the corner yeah it's funny the comments like oh my god edf without like frame rate drops what, what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> exciting new feature i just i hope there's so many things about edf that make it charming that's like i want the characters to burst into song randomly right i like the the narrator is always completely clueless and wants to name everything because that's his job like there's just little things that that make it edf that i do hope stay i mean i'm pretty sure that's a series that the the people that make it understand what the fun is Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that's a consistency that, you know, that does exist. I hope they're making like a regular one. That'd be cool too. Like, I hope this is like a middle point, and then there's gonna be a super great one after that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. I found that song that he composed while in the hospital. What? Listen. Let me see. I didn't. There it is. I thought I sent it. I sent it to the wrong person. Oh shit, that's 13 minutes long. Um, Yeah, I'm oh, not sure so- why it's that long, but... Seat of Sacrifice. Wow, that that I wonder what that could possibly mean. So, I, I think I told you a little bit about what like the story of Shadowbringer was, where you went to a world that was overcome by light, and so you represent the darkness bringing balance back, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot of like verse themes going on. So there was this boss at the end... 
where he he summons people with noble hearts who desire to be heroes and he combines all their power to become the warrior of light from final fantasy one concept art oh cool so that's like literally you're fighting the first final fantasy hero and he uses like iconic spells from that game that's so fucking clever yeah um and the it's very uh, it's so sad <laughs> i i was sad going into this fight and then at the end when he's dying because all he wanted to do was was save his people too and it's like i understand and i wish we didn't have to fight sure um but yeah this song is called to the edge and it's just a it's a weird picturing him like sitting in a hospital bed and probably like thinking about a lot of things on yeah. top of thinking about these like heavy story plot lines about letting go of friends it is like god see now this fits what's going on, on the screen really well right it's weird because it doesn't it's it's not like that crazy like epic boss music there's like a there's a somberness to it though that you get like for him, probably from him being sick and also because the story's like not black and white as far as what you're doing yeah I'm not like totally sold on the on the lyrics and like someone singing. I feel like it doesn't need it. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not always a fan of the lyrics. I do typically like the melodies. Yeah, uh, I think there's a couple songs where the lyrics are good. Um, like there's one where it's kind of, the boss is kind of like a siren, and there's got this like snake vibe going on. And so the song is kind of like, uh, um, oh, what's the word? What, what are the, like a belly dancer kind of thing? Oh. And, and the lyrics are about like how you should just like, you should relax and you should just like fall asleep and, and go wherever your dreams want you to go. Um, while you're like fighting to save a country, you know? Yeah, because this evil monster is like brainwashing everyone. Where like it plays in narratively, where it's like I feel like that's the tone. A couple of these are just like, wouldn't it be cool if there was lyrics in this anime song right now? Yeah. Um, but it's just <laughs> what an interesting um, what an interesting guy, what an interesting game. Yeah, I I really appreciate what I've heard from him and what he's done. Like I can't imagine like. I guess I kind of can. Like, you're in the hospital, and you're like, what else are you going to do? Give me a laptop, and I'll start fucking around with music. Like, I, I I, wish people weren't so, like... I know work culture in Japan is pretty crazy, too, but just, like, the idea of, like, oh, I mean, I, I can't miss this. I have to do it. But he clearly, like, likes it, right? Like, this is his passion. He's probably got, like, his favorite job ever. He's like, I get to make music for a fucking cool video game. Yeah, it's even, not an obligation. You know, it's a It's a thing he's very prideful about, and he's very controlling of. And he's very passionate about. Um, actually, Yoshi commented in a <laughs> in an interview once when Soken's working very hard. He really likes KFC, and before the new expansion was coming out, he said he would always walk into the office and he could smell KFC like every day. Oh wow! And what was great was that he said that, and then there was like there was applause in the audience because the interpretation of that was, "Oh, there's going to be very good music. We're looking forward to it." And we appreciate his hard work. And then he like bowed and said, and said that, Oh, it's and you were very pleased. Nice. Um, I, 
I love I love Yoshi. I love Soken. They do a lot of great work. The whole team does. The guy in charge of like the English localization, he's fun. Um, he's actually been acting as Yoshi's translator the past few times, and that works very well. Um, it, I, yeah. I I love fourteen a lot. Oh, see how long that game's been going on as as well. Like, there's so many MMOs that if they're not World of Warcraft. It, it seems like they fade out really hard or really fast, and that like Final Fantasy fourteen is still going pretty strong. I don't know what the player base is like, but. It's got to be worthwhile to keep updating, right? Like, they're making new stories, and it sounds like the stories are actually fairly compelling. Yeah. Um. Actually, for the past couple of years, like they've had more subscribers than WoW. Oh wow. Um. It will. Ah. For for WoW, it will spike, but it t- tends to fall off after the first month. Like they'll do a major patch for the expansion, and they kind of like, aha, we're on top, and that lasts three weeks, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think people like forget how much work is involved in that game, and then they're like, "I'm gonna subscribe again." Oh yeah, this is I have I have so many other things I need to do in my life that aren't this. Yeah, and then they keep putting in these like catch up mechanics. I was talking to somebody last night, and it's like, if I were to play WoW right now, it would literally be a waste of time because I wouldn't get to the content I want to see. But if I wait a month, then I will be able to get to it within two minutes. But you'll have to pay some money for it. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's very weird. Um, I sang a couple other songs if you're curious, but we don't have to talk about them right now. Just, uh, I don't know, we, we had fun tonight. I'm looking at the time. Do you want to talk about a glad space? Uh, Yeah, what the fuck am I glad about this week? I feel like I had a lot of things like pissed me off, so I'm not... Oh, I know. So I've been working on uh, an EP, and uh, it's... Got a ways to go yet, but the last song in it is the one I composed for the Global Game Jam last year, and I wanted to repurpose that. Uh, but it's like a six-minute song, and it's like, man, I'm listening to this, and I feel like maybe it, it doesn't earn it six minutes. It's very ambient, so it's like, well, it's supposed to be kind of slow and weird and dark. Uh, and I had I sent it to a bunch of people, hoping for feedback, and actually one guy of like the five got back to me, and he's like, I don't know about the length, but you really need... You need something low in here to like balance out the uh, the industrial sense you got going. Like you need like either really crazy low fuzzy guitar or just even a bass. And I was like, what if I combine those two and take a take a bass guitar, but then like put some weird distortion on it? And so I did that, and and the song is really coming together now. Like that guy was like super called it. I needed one other thing there just to round out the sound and like make it. It it just it's so much easier to listen to now that it's balanced. Um, and then I, I did actually chop like 30 seconds out of it. And so it, it is like pretty jazzed to record vocals for that. Hopefully tomorrow. Uh, it's been kind of a rough week as far as certain health things. Um, but I, I think I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back at full energy either tomorrow or Saturday. And so I want to want to do some good warming up and just lay some really nasty sounds over that. That's fun, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. And. I was hoping Matt would get back to me because I sent it to him. Um, I don't know if he's seen it, though. I don't know how active he is on, like, Discord and stuff. Oh, he's, he's usually pretty active. I think it's just a matter of whether or not, like, Junior's pulling at him or not. Yeah, and I know he takes that stuff really seriously, too. So if he's going to listen to it, he's going to, like, properly listen to it, get, like, yeah. his good speakers or his good headphones. And that that can be a setup or you just got to be in the right mindset. So I'm not, like, holding it against him or anything. But 
I am glad I did get feedback because sometimes you're just like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Just someone help me. Yeah. I don't, I don't have an ear for it, so I can't help. (laughs) The thing though is like, you could still probably help if I, if I had you listen to it and you're like, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of bored. Boom. Right. Like that, that says a lot. It doesn't say, tell me how to fix it, but it does tell me that there is a problem that needs to be fixed. Okay. You sent it to me here. Okay, I'm, I'm listening now. Oh, dude, it makes me so horny. <laughs> but that's a good glad space. That's like a productive glad space. Yeah. Being productive is always good. You glad about anything, Cameron? Um. Yeah, so you know how uh, 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 E3 is in a couple weeks, right? Is it? Yeah. Cool, I guess. So, yeah, so... I mean, I yawned for a reason, because fuck that noise. Today was Warhammer Skulls Day. They they showed off all the Warhammer games coming out, and there's like, they, they throw this property everywhere. They are so eager to license this out. Um, I, I got the list here. There's a Total War Warhammer 2 expansion. There's Total War Warhammer 3 is coming out this year, and they're adding like the whole demon army, which... I, it just dawned on me that there's no demons in Total War. <laughs> Which, oh, um, that's that's odd because I'm looking at this visual and it's like, well, that's kind of iconic. I'm surprised they didn't touch that one yet. Yeah, there's like a whole legion of flaming swords. I love that. Uh, there's a Warhammer Age of Sigmar VR game where you're like a lightning paladin fighting ghosts and skeletons. So, like in the trailer, there's a part where like a skeleton knight is attacking. And the guy just grabs it by the neck, and you can, like, grab the skull with your hand and pop it off. And he, like, raises his sword into the air, and it, like, charges with lightning, and he slaps it down and kills everything. Uh, what was this? Oh, it's a phone game. Uh, there's a Vermintide expansion. Uh, Dark Tide's coming around. That That's fun. That's that, like, uh, Left 4 Dead kind of style. Yeah, I'm really curious how that one's going to go because I, I might buy that. Like, that looks fucking fun, right? And it I know does. there's going to be an alien game like that's done in a similar fashion. Yeah, that it's one like, too. Which one do I get? Um, We'll have to wait and see because as much as I like Warhammer and I like the Warhammer games, I want to say like a quarter of them turn out good. Oh. <laughs> so, it, but I mean, this is from the same people that did Vermintide, which it did turn out good. So I'm optimistic. Uh, oh. But that's Dark Tide, and then there is uh, another phone game, and then there's like a strategy game. Oh, Hired Gun Necromunda. That's that Doom clone. That one looks pretty fun, too. That one just came out uh, last week, actually. Oh, I wonder uh, how it is. It's pretty good, but it's not great. I, I think I think the, the consensus is kind of, um, if you like Doom or Doom Eternal, this in some ways is a step back but if you're like Uh, addicted to the the warhammer visuals then it's good um so i mean for you personally probably recommend you like skip it or come back to it in a couple years when it's five dollars sure oh excuse me um so that was necromunda blood bowl three uh battle sector oh so they're doing a strategy game that it it almost plays like a game of warhammer where it's like top down and you move units around and it's turn based. That sounds fun. It's kind no, of grid based, cool. so it's like slightly different. But it, it looks like they're kind of holding to 
the general like idea of playing a game of Warhammer. Um, but with this, they're able to structure like narrative stuff too. So like you know, the visuals of the map will change and stuff happens, and that that actually looks pretty fun. There's another phone game. It's another phone game. Damn, they're putting out a lot of games. There's a 2D platformer where you play as an orc. Oh hell yes! And it's very like cartoony and fun looking. It's called Warhammer 40k Shooters Blood and Teeth. That sounds awesome. And there's like a lot of like fire and explosions. <laughs> like the art style looks simple until you see it in motion and realize like yeah they can't complicate this too much. Uh, there's a VR game where you play as a battle sister. Um, oh. Warhammer Underworlds is free to play now. Uh, oh, we'll wow, see other. Is, uh... There's this a big tournament. Um, update to Daka Squadron. But the biggest thing for me, like just personally, is uh, they put out a teaser trailer for a game about Grey Knights. Oh. Which I, I don't even know what the game's about. I assume it's going to be like a, a first person kind of action because they, they've done a few of these where like you play as a Terminator or as something. It, it kind of looks like it's going to be in that line. And the trailer just like, here's some Grey Knights. And I'm like shaking my seat like, yes. Nice. It's just like, it's scratching every itch that I love about Grey Knights. They all have pull arms. They all light up. They're all super serious. There's no like edgy personality. It's just like they take this role really seriously. Um, So just today was a really fun day. It was a long presentation. Uh, I wasn't watching it live, but every time I'd refresh the page, it's like, oh, there's two other announcements. Oh, they're doing more. Oh, they're doing more. So it's like, yeah, this is probably better than E3 will be this year. Honestly, this fucking orc game looks pretty rad. It's fun looking. Um, I I think what what I like about it is that it's not trying to be something it's not. Yeah. Um, it's not like <laughs> it's not over the top. Like like, oh, this is the best game ever. It's more like just, hey, look at this. Is this fun? And you go, yeah. It's kind of hard to tell. Like so much is going on. Like. You like switch between the squadron of orcs? Is this is that like your lives? And if you die, you take control of the other one. Like, yeah, I'm not quite I sure. I, I don't know how it plays, but visually, it it looks like it's doing exactly what it wants to do, which I appreciate. Yeah. So that's my glad space. It was like a fun day, but capped off with a great night game. I'm I'm like I'm in complete disbelief because that's a faction I never thought would get its own title. Sure. I know that's that's your main squeeze. So that's fun. I need to get back into painting mine again. I want to finish this fucking Necron set. Man, I do too. I got my uh, I started my vehicle. Like I started painting it. Um, I got that flyer, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so intimidating. I'm afraid of doing it wrong. <laughs> so I just kind of yeah. I keep procrastinating. I want to paint, and I just sort of don't. I watched um, Squidmar Minis. He 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 does a lot of painting of warhammer stuff and he did a a vehicle one recently at the thunderhawk it's like this big metal uh thing that he built okay and that might be worth watching as far as painting vehicles go because like he definitely did a lot of stuff but like the way he tackled it made it seem manageable you know i the thing is it is manageable and what's great is i picked uh i picked an army that i've been told is not a good beginner army but it's a very beginner painter army because it's so simple to get the Grey Knight look because everything is just steel. So it's like I literally I got a primer 
that is the steel color I use for my Grey Knight minis. And I just spray the oh, vehicle, nice. and so it's like, that's done. And I just kind of have to weather it and do some edge highlighting. Like, it's not it's not actually a big deal. It's just the piece is so big that it doesn't feel like a miniature anymore. Sure, sure. I, I won't not watch that, though, because I do appreciate pointers. His channels, he's really, I really like his channel as far as mini painting goes, and I feel like he's upped his game as far as, like, making them interesting and kind of being a little more funny about it and, and whatnot. Like, he's becoming a bit more of a personality as and, like, an instruction guy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like I like Squidward Minis. I think, I think that's... If you like painting things, it's a, it's a channel worth checking out. Um, but we're at an hour four. If we're ready to go, I have one plug, which I know I don't normally plug things on this. Oh, go right ahead. Um, but I did, I did put out another book that people can can go on Amazon and buy and read. It's called Toyland. If you search Toyland and then my name, uh, Chad Waller, it will show up. And it's two ninety nine, and there's a paperback version for nine ninety nine. It's that one I've talked about before, where there's talking toys and they do drugs and they kill each other, and it's kind of stupid, but that's what so, happens. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I enjoyed that one. I actually want to get the paperback one because I'd like to have your name on my shelf. Yeah. There we go. Um, but yeah, okay. That was Toyland. Yep. By Chad Washington. Yep. On Amazon. Mm-hmm. Did you know Amazon used to be a bookstore? Yeah. It's cool. I, I honestly I didn't know that. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> good night, everybody. Sorry, I just like No, that's that's appropriate.